Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Well, you can open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. And uh, today the title of our message is going to be, uh, If I Do Not Stop. What in the world? Where are we going with that? If I Do Not Stop. Okay. We're in Luke chapter 10. This morning I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be about the story of, of, of the, the, the Good Samaritan as Jesus is telling it, uh, and the reason he is telling it. You see, Jesus had just sent out 70 people in Luke chapter 10, and he had given them power you know, to, 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 uh, to do miracles and, 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 and to share the goodness of the kingdom. They went out, and they were so excited. They came back, and they said, Jesus, even the devils are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, yeah, yeah, great. That's wonderful, but don't forget, it's about souls. Rejoice that, that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Don't forget, yes, you have the power, and yes, you can tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing can by any means harm you. You are safe, okay? You're going to end up in eternity, and everything's going to be great. But remember, it's about souls. And then a certain lawyer came and said to Jesus, because he wanted to test Jesus, and he said, hey, Jesus, can you tell me what the most important commandment in the Bible is? And he's talking about the Old Testament, of course, and Jesus said, well, how do you read it? Because he knew he was a lawyer. A lawyer in that time was relegated uh, in, in, in that moment to, to defending the Word of God, Okay. This, was, uh, this lawyer had learned the, the Word of God, the Mosaic Law, and that's what he was set for the defense of. So Jesus already knew that this guy knew the law because the, he was a lawyer, okay? He knew the Mosaic Law. He knew what you were supposed to do and what you needed to do to please God. So Jesus asked him, well, give me your interpretation of the law. Tell me how you read it. Tell me what you think it, it, it says, uh, O learned one. And so uh, the, the lawyer said to him, well, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you have said, well, if you do this, you will live. If you love God with all your heart, that's the first table of the commandment. And if you love others as you love yourself, that's the second five you know, commandments. So here, these both tables of the law have been satisfied by loving God with everything you have, loving God more than you do yourself, and loving your neighbor as much as you do yourself. And so Jesus said, well done. You said, well, if you do this, you will live. Well, the lawyer wasn't finished. He thought he was so smart. So he said, well, tell me, who is my neighbor? Because he was trying to justify himself. He was trying to, you know, find a loophole, trying to get out of the pressure of having to treat everybody okay. And so he said, well, tell me, 
Who is it that is my neighbor? And so Jesus begins to say this in the 30th verse of Luke 10. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed, on, passed by on the other side. Verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, let's hold there for just a moment, because the Samaritans were considered to be half-breeds. They were considered to be a mixed race of people, which was not something that the Jews appreciated because the Jews had been commanded to make sure they did not intermarry with other people who would bring in false religions. But yet the Samaritans were a group of people that historically had been left in the nation of Israel, in the land of Israel, when others were taken captive to Babylon. And through the centuries, through the decades and centuries, they had intermarried and they had become so mixed that they were considered to not really be Jews. Okay, And on top of that, they wouldn't come to Jerusalem. And they wouldn't accept uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the temple as the place to worship. And they wanted to hang around there and they wanted to kind of have their own thing going on. And they still feel like today, there, there are, the last time I visited the city of Samaria was just a few years ago. And there were 800 Samaritans still living in the city of Samaria on the side of, of, of the mountain called uh, uh, Ebal, uh, called Gerizim rather. Mount Ebal is across the valley. But uh, they still believe. In fact, I visited with the high priest there. And the high priest was getting ready to sacrifice the lambs on the day that I visited them because it was Passover, which they hold at a different day than, than the Jews in Jerusalem held Passover. They do it 30 days later because they just believe you know, that everybody's wrong. Okay? And, uh, and they're the only right ones in the world. Uh, you ever meet a group of people that way? Or, you know, maybe, maybe you know, uh, you were raised in a family that felt that way. Well, uh, that's the way sometimes people feel. I'm right and you're wrong and, uh, you know, sorry, uh, bless your heart. Okay? People sometimes mistake opinion as fact and truth. But so when Jesus talks about a priest and a Levite who were, you know, the examples that we all should follow, then he goes to this Samaritan, which is this Samaritan is kind of like an outcast. Somebody, okay, this Samaritan, we, we know they're not good people. We know that they're not like us. We know that they don't like us, okay? But Jesus says, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where... This man was who had been hurt and wounded and left for dead. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Verse 34, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds. He actually touched him. 
and he poured on oil and wine. He made an investment in him. He, he, he tried to help him and encourage him and soothe his pain. He set him on his own animal. Oh, that's something that you wouldn't do. You know, why would you do that? And he brought him to an inn. I mean, he's going to bring him to a public place and identify with him and say, I mean, you're not even, I mean, hello, you're, you know. No, this Samaritan took care of him. Verse 35, on the next day when the Samaritan departed from the end, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of this man. And whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So Jesus here has answered this lawyer who's trying to justify himself. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Love God more than I do myself and love my neighbor as much as I do myself. But who really is my neighbor? So Jesus said, uh, which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? Uh, verse 37, and the lawyer said, he who showed mercy on him, then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now, if you were to drive through any city in America, you would most likely find a major thoroughfare named Martin Luther King Boulevard or Martin Luther King Drive. Some uh, of you and some listening may have absolutely no idea why there are so many streets in America named MLK Boulevard or MLK Drive. Uh, they are everywhere. Everywhere. Why? Well, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a man who was born on January the 15th, 1929 in Atlanta, Georgia. He entered Morehouse College at the young age of 15 years old. Wow. Uh, he wanted to study medicine and law. Those were his favored subjects. But when he was a senior, he decided that God had called him into the ministry. And so he gave his life to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he graduated uh, Morehouse with a Bachelor of Arts in 1948 and then went on to uh, to theological seminary, and then graduated ultimately from Boston University with a, uh, a doctorate in theology in 1955. Dr. King was the pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama in 1955 when Rosa Parks, if you're familiar with that history, decided that she would not get up and give her seat to someone else and moved to the back of the bus. He was chosen in 1955 because he was a young minister that had just come to town and they thought that perhaps he had not yet made any enemies and so he might be accepted. So he was chosen to lead the protest and to lead uh, the, the, the movement of boycotting public transportation in Montgomery, Alabama. And then more things just continued to unfold. And he was telling the protesters when they gathered together to protest, he said, we come here tonight to be saved from that patience that makes us patient with anything less than freedom and justice. Oh, I love that quote, you know. I'm a quote kind of guy, you know me. I, I, I have a book of, of, of more than 700 quotes that I have quoted, that I have, uh, you know, boiled down truth to. 
We have come here tonight to be saved from that patience that makes us patient <laughs> with anything less than freedom and justice. I love that. Dr. King also led the famous March on Washington that you might remember uh, hearing about. It was in 1963. Dr. King also received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964. And he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for combating racial inequality through nonviolent resistance. Nonviolent. You know, I lived in those days. And I definitely appreciated the nonviolent approach. You know, we have people who uh, uh, were uh, in the middle of, of Hollywood and, uh, in those days right here. And let me tell you, appreciating the nonviolent approach to protest. He was assassinated on April the 4th in 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee, a sad day for all Americans. Dr. King is rightly credited with holding our nation together during a very tumultuous time in America because he advocated and he demonstrated peaceful protest, a peaceful approach to achieving civil rights for all people, not just for the African-American population at that time. He had a dream. It was a dream for which he lived, it was a dream for which he died, and it was a dream for which he is still remembered. He said so many things worth us remembering and working towards. Let me give you a few of his quotes. Remembering Dr. Martin Luther King, pastor, pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, a very very uh, renowned church. Dr. King, let me call him Pastor King, Pastor Martin. <laughs> By the way, did you know his name when he, uh, when he was born was Michael instead of Martin? Did y'all know that? Yeah, interesting, huh? M uh, Michael Luther King, but uh, Martin Luther King. Pastor Martin said this, We may ha have all come on different ships, but we are in the same boat now. Well, isn't that a good one? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was in a day when, uh, the, you know, racial inequality was right in your face every day, and, uh, and it was not a pretty sight. Combating the inequality with peaceful demonstrations. We may have all come on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. Wow, I don't know. I could just... I could just preach on that one forever and he has <laughs> he also said whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly oh that's that is so true another quote we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools come on somebody say amen. amen let's shout glory one two three glory these are words from a pastor. These are words from a minister of the gospel that decided that he could do more good in the ministry than even in medicine or law. Giving his heart to God, his hope to God. He said this, he said, I look to a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Wow, I would love to see that day today. Hello? 
Another thing he said, it is always the right time to do the right thing. (laughs) Isn't that good? You know where he got these things? He got these things out of the Bible. He got these things from the Word of God, from a holy God that loved him and loved all mankind and is bringing us together with every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue. He got this from the Prince of Peace, from the Lord of Glory, from Jesus Christ himself. It is always the right time to do the right thing. And in recognition, re- recognition of February being Black History Month in America, I want today to salute Pastor Martin Luther King Jr. for his contribution not only to civil rights movement and his lasting legacy of peaceful protest, but his contribution to our lives for the truth that he told, for the truths that he lived for, the truths that he died for, and the truths he spoke that are still worth remembering. We still live in a nation that needs these truths. We still live in a nation that we need to be reminded every day that we, the church of the living God, or the family of God, without custom, culture, or color differences, that when we meet together, In church, we champion each other's lives, dreams, hopes, and we minister to each other's fears. You see, there's one more quote I want to read from Pastor King. Listen to this quote. The first question, he said, which the priest and the Levite asked was, If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But, as he continued, the good Samaritan reversed the question. If I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? Today in America and all across the world, We who name the name of Jesus Christ, we who call ourselves Christians, we need to ask ourselves the question, what will happen if I do not stop to the others who do not know him? If I do not take time to slow my busy life for a moment, to pull over on the side of my road and to give my life for someone else. What will happen to them? What will happen to the homeless in Port Arthur if we do not stop to help them? What will happen to the children in our communities and communities like ours all over the world if we do not stop to feed them? What will happen to those who are being unjustly treated 
He also said, I may not get this quote correct, but it just popped into my mind, that if we are living in a, in a system that we cannot, or excuse me, if the system is not going to change, we must change the system. We must always be ready and willing to step up and speak up to make sure that we do not allow injustices to pass us by because we are afraid that if we speak up, what will happen to us? Rather, we are called to live for the truth and even to die for the truth. And then especially to be remembered for the truth we championed. That's the reason why we have so many MLKs across our nation. It's because a man dared to give his life for his friends and even for his enemies. Today I want to challenge each one of us to not be like that certain lawyer which only wanted to find a loophole so that he could decide who his neighbor was. Let me instead give you the words of Jesus. It is the one who needs who is your neighbor. Go thou and do likewise. Do this and you shall live. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.